Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League Review Show. It's a show that has no plans on ultimately judging Pep Guardiola by his Champions League record. He's the greatest coach who's ever drawn breath. That's the end of the matter. On today's pod, we're looking back on a strange old weekend. They saw City just about do enough. Liverpool once again exposed their limitations. And match of a day take the full brunt of a complete BBC meltdown. Still, no Danny Murphy is always a good thing. Helping me to wade through such madness, I'm joined as ever by my top flight cohort, Tom Young. Hi Tom, you there? I'm here, I'm well, and I'm happy we've got some uh, some football to talk about rather than all about politics. It may be a little bit of politics that comes into the conversation when we start talking Gary Lineker, but I think for the most part, we've got plenty of good football to talk about as well. So we've got a nice little balance today. Yeah, I mean, because we are going to discuss Lineker because it was a big part of the weekend. I mean, it dominated the whole kind of narrative, really. But we don't need to go into left v right or any of that stuff because we're not going to be discussing what Gary Lineker was tweeting about, more the fact of how he was treated after tweeting. Uh, and, and I like to think, I don't know this for certain, but I like to think I would still hold the same strong opinions had he come at things from a right-wing perspective. Um, but, but, yeah, I like to think that anyway. Um, but, yeah, we'll be talking about the tweet and match of a day predominantly anyway. So, um, yeah, let's get straight into it then. So what did you make of the whole thing? Um, as far as I could tell, when I first saw his tweet, I never thought, oh, that's going to cause a lot of ructions. He, he worded it quite carefully, um, said, said the language was not dissimilar to um, 1930s Germany. I mean, I certainly didn't expect it to go off like it did. No. Um, so, kind of your overall perspective of, of the whole sorry saga? I think it was blown drastically out of proportion. Um, I think, similar to what you said there, I, I, Gary Lineker, and it's almost as if the BBC didn't know that Gary Lineker's an outspoken individual on social media. It's not like it's anything that we've not seen before from Gary Lineker to have mm. his views on things that are going on, general matters. And he's had his view on the on a situation that every man and his dog in the country's had a view on in, in some capacity. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just didn't expect it to spiral into what it spiraled into, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't read the tweet and think, sometimes you see some stuff on social media and you go, oof, exactly. it's a brave, yeah. man, it's a brave yeah. man posting that, or I've, mm, yeah. yeah, maybe you should have thought about that. But I genuinely didn't see it like that. Um, I read the tweet and I thought, you know what, Gary, you've got an opinion and you've you've articulated it quite well. And I, I could kind of, in, in some mindsets, go, yeah, maybe it could wind up a few people, the fact he's referenced it to to sort of uh, the Nazi regime. But at the same time, he, he didn't he didn't tweet anything in in my opinion, it didn't come across as overly offensive. Um, no. and that's no. why it surprised me the way it did when it when it escalated sort of went from zero to a hundred in a matter of <laughs> of about an hour went from all of a sudden um he suspended everyone else joins in and sort of backs him and and then obviously we saw what happened over the weekend with with match of the day and numerous other bbc sports shows being cancelled before we get to kind of the match of the day for argo um there was a lot of conversation about kind of the fact that gary lineker was never mind a television personality um you know involved with football he was a footballer he was viewed as someone from that world and so you got the stale old tropes about, you know, oh, 
keep football and politics separate. You know, who is he to kind of have an opinion on on politics? This we see time and time again, and oh my god, it winds me up no end. It's I mean, if you're listening at home now and you don't want us to talk about politics, that I get. You're listening to a football podcast, but if someone has a problem with me tweeting a political opinion, that's a different thing. That's on my personal Twitter feed. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just, I'm a citizen of the UK <laughs> tweeting about an opinion I have on politics. Um, football doesn't define me wholly. You know, I, I, I have other things to my life. So does Gary Lineker. So do you, Tom. So do you at home listening to this. So the, the, if he, what I'm saying is, if he'd said this on Match of a Day, if he'd said this on television in, in whatever capacity, maybe I would get it. But the fact that he just put it out as a tweet and people were saying, oh, keep your nose out, you're a footballer. Well, he's also a human being. Um, yeah. I don't get that argument at all. It's not even that I disagree with it. I don't understand that argument. Um, because no, poli- well, this, this, politics this, this, is everything, isn't it? Politics affects yeah. us all and we all have an equal yeah. opinion on it. Precisely. And like you say, if he's if he's trying to force it down your throat on Match of the Day and you're tuning into Match of the Day to watch a football show, then you've got every right to say, Gary, this isn't the time and the place. Yeah. But- no, but nobody's forcing anybody to go on Gary Lineker's Twitter account. Nobody's forcing anybody to interact with Gary Lineker's tweets. If you see a tweet that you don't like, if I scroll past a tweet on Twitter that I think is a bunch of rubbish, I'll either scroll past it or I'll maybe say, yeah, I don't particularly agree with this, but I, I rarely do that. But that would be the place to say it. That would be the place to have that discussion because you've you've come across something on someone's personal account. You can give your views. You're entitled to have your views on whether you think he's right or wrong. But at the end of the day, as you've said, that is his personal space to say what he wants to say. He shouldn't, because he's a televised football pundit, be forced to not have a view on anything. Because at the end of the day, yes, match of the day is a big part of his life and a big part of his career as a as a pundit and as a as a sort of a TV personality. But that is not the be all and end all of Gary of Gary Lineker's life. And if if this matter hadn't been resolved and Gary had chose to move on from the BBC, they chose to part ways. It's not like we'll never see Gary Lineker on TV again. He would have been snapped up by one of many who are yeah. alleged to be interested in him. So the fact it all came from Again, as, as you've said, and as, as I, I've sort of added to there, if he'd have said it on Match of the Day, if he'd have said it live on a BBC broadcast, I can understand the BBC being annoyed and saying, look, this isn't the place to do it. But for him to, to give an opinion, which I don't think was was anything that was highly offensive on his own Twitter account, for him to then be suspended from his TV job as a result of it, I thought was ridiculous. It was, uh, and... Yeah, I've been asked to stand down for match of a day. Um, obviously, in the immediate aftermath of that was Alan Shearer, Ian Wright, um, and then others saying, "Well, I, I'm I'm not taking part in match of a day." Um, then final score, and then five live, Mark Chapman and and the rest of them. Um, everyone came out in solidarity and football kind of united. Now, I know we're on the outside looking in. We're not part of the insular world of football, but football is also our life. Football is a big part mm-hmm. of our life. So I felt weirdly proud. I felt really, it was a nice feeling to see the world of football get together and kind of take on a, a common cause. Um, did you feel the same way? Was it a, a kind of, were you behind them and their decision? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I mean, I was down. I was down a, a shift on a. I was meant to be working on the production side of six hundred six on Sunday, and that got cancelled. So I was down a shift right. as a result of it. But it, I mean, it, it happens, and and I wasn't. Whilst as a freelancer, it was 
frustrating that obviously I'm out of pocket. It's kind of like, well, the the reasoning behind it you can get behind. So it, it's it's one of those things. And it's I know tough. from can I just interject? Sorry. So so you, you you've lost the money there. Um, how was I mean? Obviously, if you're not prepared to discuss this, please tell me. But were you told basically that the program's not going ahead? Well, we had we had a message off our producer on Sunday morning, um, who had basically said extensive new. I think I think he said it was about eight hours worth of calls and discussions and stuff had gone on gone ahead on on Saturday. Mm. The Saturday show was cancelled, and then the Sunday show was potentially going to go ahead and then was cancelled and it basically they said that there was a lot a lot of calls I, I don't know the ins and outs of it because we only got told whether or not the show was going ahead yeah um initially it was kind of it may be going ahead and then later on it was it's not going ahead um all i know is that a lot of calls took place between a lot of people to kind of try and finalize whether or not the show would go ahead ultimately it didn't um i think it was kind of i don't know i mean this is entirely my sort of viewpoint on it this is by no means me saying anything that i know mm. i don't know if maybe it had, by sunday conversations had taken place with with gary and they knew it was kind of going to be resolved because it all came out on monday again that is not the word of anything i've heard from anyone at the bbc that's yeah. just my viewpoint on it um i don't want anyone thinking i'm, I'm kind of saying this is this or this is that because that's not the case in my opinion i think maybe a discussion had been had and it was like right we're going to be back to normal from next weekend let's continue with what's happened keep everything off the air and then we'll go ahead with with everything as normal from next week but yeah from my perspective it just meant that obviously i was down i was down a shift um which wasn't ideal obviously losing a shift in any capacity isn't ideal but as i say um given the as you thought you said sort of it was that feeling of kind of being proud that we as a country have come together in in the footballing sense and said, look, you're not going to silence our views on whatever we want to have views on. Um, and yeah, like I say, I, I didn't have a choice on whether or not I would have worked the shift because although we were we were told by our, by our bosses that if the show were to go ahead and we didn't feel comfortable working the shift, that was entirely okay. Right, okay. Um, so it, it wasn't a case of the show's going on, you must be in work. It was... We, we're, we're unsure as to whether the show's going ahead at this point, but if it does go ahead and you're uncomfortable working, do let us know. It's not an issue. So that was obviously something that I was, I, I, I thought was nice of our bosses to say that kind of look. Mm. You, you're, you're all entitled to your own opinions in this matter as well. So um, yeah, it was it was a strange one, but hopefully uh, next weekend I'll be back in the studios with everything resolved and uh, we'll be back making content for uh, for the radio, which is at the end of the day all we all want to do is create content for football mm. fans to enjoy and that and that's what it should be about and if if i choose to say i prefer the color blue than the color red or i choose to say that i prefer mashed potato to roast potatoes and that's my opinion i can put that on my twitter and i'm not going to lose my job over it and that's essentially what it all boils down to is we're all entitled to our own opinions it's a country of free speech and if we want to have opinions on whatever it may be, whether it be politics, football, potatoes, that's entirely up to us. <laughs> yeah, and people talking about the kind of, you know, impartiality of a BBC. I mean, Alan Sugar is, is the prime example of yeah, double standards. Yeah. And, you know, he's actually put tweets out before now saying, you know, I'm backing Boris or, you know, ridiculing Jeremy Corbyn back in the day. And, and so, you know, being overtly political uh, as regards to the party politics, at least. Um did you watch Match of the Day on Saturday? I didn't actually. I was out. I was out at a, um, at a concert, but you, I must admit that much. if if I if I was in, 
I would have tuned in just to see how they how it they approached so it. So hard, honestly. And God, yeah, it was weird. And, and I've not I've not actually seen the figures. I'm not aware of what the figures were from Match of the Day this weekend, but I imagine they've been that first 10, 15 minutes particularly must have been as high as it's ever been, just for yeah, through were... the sheer interest of people wanting to see how they would how they yeah. approach it. Well, they were up half a million, um, which led to Tory MPs, and it's not a coincidence. This, this is how it works: um, a splattering of Tory MPs claiming that you know it was much improved without Gary Lineker, uh, which just led to a load of hilarious tweets about football from people who have no interest in football whatsoever. Uh, one said, "Match of the day was brilliant this Saturday. It had all the goals in." <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It was. What was the man talking about? <laughs> I had all the goals in. Um, yeah. John, was it John Redwood or was it or was it Reece Smart? I can't remember who it was who said um, you know, that it was great because it had replays which explained penalty calls. It's like, oh, just stop it. Stop yeah. treating us with, with not idiots. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and at which point we'll move on very uh, swiftly now and, and move on to the actual games this weekend. But I just want to make a point which is and this is political. It's not having a go at any party, but it just happens to be this party that does this. Um, I would say Labour has, to a better extent, embraced football over the years. Um, that famous kind of, you know, head tennis going on between Blair and Keegan is just an example that comes to my mind. But the Conservatives never learn in picking a fight with football and with footballers. So we've seen with Marcus Rashford last year, we've seen this time with Gary Lineker, we could go right back to Hillsborough and the appalling behaviour of, of the Tories then, believing that basically they could get away with it and that, you know, Liverpool fans were never going to let that go, you know? And, and that kind of decades-long fight for justice finally kind of coming to fruition... Um, I, I would not be remotely be surprised if that surprised the hell out of Tory MPs involved back in those days um, because they would have just looked down on football. Consistently, we see a pattern of Conservative MPs looking down on football. Um, and yet, it, it involves, I would say, two-thirds of the population, which you, at least half. I would say half the population yeah. has either I'd, a passing I'd interest. Know, I'd love to know the figure, but yeah, yeah it's got to be. Yeah, you say it's got to be minimum, bare minimum, fifty percent. Uh, certainly, of a passing interest at least, and mm. then you know you could get down to maybe a third of the population who are, you know, that phrase into football. And when you're into football, it's I, I just I, I can't even articulate how stupid it is to take on a third of the population, a huge swathe of which are intelligent people who can read between the lines and can, you know, have a bit of nouse about them. And just to look down on that huge tract of voters and think they can insult their intelligence with tweets like, had all the goals in. Uh, they just never, ever learn. Anyway, uh, that's my rant for the week over and done with. Let's move, <laughs> let's move on to the Palace game. Um, I thought, frankly, we were piss poor and I thought we got away with it. Um... I thought on any any other day we could have easily... Well, Palace didn't offer much going forward, to be honest. Um, but it had nil-nil written all over it for me from half an hour in. Are there any reasons for me to be concerned, do you think? Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. 
So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.